promise you by the end of this video, you are going to understand the true meaning and purpose of the high priest of Israel. Hi, my name is George Crabb. Welcome to my channel. This channel is all about how to find the Messiah in all of the scriptures in the Old Testament. If you're a Christian, how to find Jesus in the Old Testament. And if you're Jewish, how to find him in the, in the Tanakh, Yeshua, Messiah, right? In the Tanakh, your scriptures. Uh, for us, that would be the Old Testament. But for you guys, it's your scriptures. And Jesus did that very thing. He went along with two Jewish men on that road to Emmaus. It was a seven-mile trip. He was in disguise. He didn't know who he was. But he showed where he was found in all of the Tanakh, in the books of Moses, in the prophets, and the Psalms. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. But he did that. It was an amazing thing. So I promise you, by the end of this video, you're going to understand how Jesus is the true high priest and how all the other high priests, including Melchizedek, uh, Aaron, the Aaronic uh, priesthood, uh, uh, how Moses ordained him, all of this was speaking of Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. All right, here we go. I'm going to read a little bit of this book that I wrote. Uh, Road to Emmaus, you can see it right here. And this book uh, is basically, it's that trip that Jesus took with those two disciples. So what we know is that he brought them through all of the scriptures. And I would imagine he, he showed them how Herod was a false king of Israel, but also, I'll bet you he showed them how Caiaphas and other high priests were false high priests. What are you talking about? You might be saying, I'm going to show you right now. So this is an excerpt out of the book I wrote about, uh, gosh, about seven, maybe 10 years ago. It was a while ago. I'm going to read this to you right now. So Herod was not the true king over the Jewish land. Okay. Uh, he was a counterfeit. He was a counterfeit king and was considered great in most of the world's eyes, right? Just like many are considered great in the world's eyes today. Uh, if we go back in history, there was Napoleon the Great. There was uh, even some say Muhammad the Great. Uh, you know, there was Herod the Great. He wasn't great. He was a horrible man, okay? We've talked about this in other episodes. I've talked about how he uh, killed his own family, some of his wives. He killed his son, his firstborn son. He was very paranoid. He was an evil man. He killed, tried to kill Jesus when he was a baby. And he killed all of the, the baby boys in that region two years and, and under, around that area of Bethlehem, when he found out that he was going to be born in Bethlehem like he was, and then later raised in Nazareth. So so Herod was actually ordained by the Roman Empire. He was put there by the Roman Empire, who made him king over the Jews. He was actually, believe it or not, he was an Edomite. And he had Edomite blood in his veins. And these Edomites, as you know, if you're Jewish, these were the enemies of Israel throughout history. Okay, so they were the enemies of Israel. So it's, a, it's foundational that we remember that God said, I am the God of Abraham, of Isaac, and of Jacob, or Yaakov, if you're reading and if you're listening in Hebrew, right? We know that Jacob uh, means wrestles with God, struggles with God, and we know his name was changed to Israel, Israel, which means governed by God. It's a beautiful thing right there. 
So Herod was a, a counterfeit king. He gave the command to kill all the living young uh, baby boys in that region, two years and younger. Um, so this would describe the character of Herod the not-so-great, or Harry the Horrible, as I like to call him. So interestingly, the Roman Empire gave the name Palestine later on. It was like 135 AD or CE, common era, as you might be calling it today. But uh, the Roman Empire gave this land the name uh, Syria Palestinia, which became Palestine as they call it today, right? So who was there first? Well, the Jewish people were there first. It's in the Bible. It's very clear, and that is the truth. You may not like the truth, but the truth is the truth. Uh, A lot of this is going on today where people are saying, well, your truth isn't my truth. It's all relative. No, that's a bunch of crap. Listen, if we're at a stoplight and I see red and I stop, I know that's true, and I'm going to obey that. And you think, well, I don't think it's red because I don't want to believe it's red. I think it's green. And you drive through it, and then a semi, an 18-wheeler, comes across and smashes your car and kills you. Was there truth, or was that just your truth or my truth? No, there is a absolute truth. And if you think that there's no absolute truth, are you absolutely sure about that? Think about that. (laughs) All right, continuing on in this book, Road to Emmaus, uh, that I wrote. So we're talking about Herod here. So the Jewish land, formerly known as Judea and Israel, was renamed by this evil emperor named Hadrian. And it was around 135, I think, AD or CE. And he called it Palestine. That's how it stuck even to today. That's how it stuck. Because he was trying to wipe Israel off the map, like a lot of the enemies of Israel today, the enemies of Israel and America, they're trying to wipe Israel off of the map. And uh, they're evil. It's pure evil. That's what Hitler did. If you don't know who Hitler is, you need to do your research. A lot of your colleges today, including places like Harvard and Yale and Princeton, they don't even teach what the Holocaust was, or who Herod—not uh, Herod—of who Hitler was. Shame on you guys for that. Shame on you. And I'm not afraid to talk about it. I'm not afraid of you. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Herod was actually pro-Roman. He was pro-Hellenistic. Okay. Um, this is really important to understand this. So the Hellenistic. Uh, where they, they were politically, they were royalists. They were a royalist group who were descendants of the old Hellenizing converts. So that goes back to when Alexander the Great conquered. Then later on, there was the Greeks were there. Uh, and they were ruling the land of Israel. Uh, later on, we see this evil, evil guy who was foretold by Daniel, and his name was Antiochus Epiphanes or Epiphanes, which just means like you were visited by God. That's what his name means. It's horrible for him to even say that. Well, in my opinion, he was a type of Antichrist, this future ruler who's coming, who sets himself up in the temple. He brings this false peace, a seven-year covenant with Israel, a lot like Antiochus Epiphanes did, right? And then he sets himself in the Holy of Holies or his image to be worshipped, and then the Jewish people realize this guy's a phony. All right, so that's a little history on the Antiochus Epiphanes, and there was these Hellenistic uh, Jewish people. Some of them were even fake high priests, and they weren't loyal to uh, Adonai, to God. They weren't loyal to him at all, but they were loyal to this Antiochus Epiphanes guy who was an Hellenistic Greek, right? So so Herod was pro-Roman, pro-Hellenistic. Politically, his royalist group were descendants of... 
the old Hellenizing converts in Jewish history who Jason, Jason of the Maccabees, called Antiochans, which I think is very interesting. He called them Antiochans. That's like saying they were antichrists, in my opinion. It's like a picture of that. And uh, you could read about that. It's not uh, scripture to us Christians, but you could read about that in the scroll of Maccabees or the book of Maccabees, uh, chapter 9, verses 9 through 14. You may be Roman Catholic, you'll have that in your Bible, but it's not in our Protestant Bibles. All right, so these royalists of Herod became subservient priests and were the Sadducees, not the Pharisees, they were the Sadducees. There was two groups during Jesus' time, around 32 AD. And these Sadducees were from the Hellenistic group of Herod. Um, interestingly, they... Uh, these were the people who hated Jesus, right? They hated Jesus, and because they would not believe in him, and they could not speak peacefully to him, okay? Now, the Sadducees were very sad, you see. <laughs> this is an old joke. I'm sorry if you've heard it before, but I think it's great because they were sad, you see, like in their name, the Sadducees, because they did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. They did not believe that there were demonic forces or there was a spiritual world. They just thought, well, that's it. When you die, you're done. It's all over, just like the atheists of today. Isn't that amazing? So I want to explain this to you about this high priest thing because Caiaphas, who was the high priest at this time, the time of Jesus, who falsely accused or listened to the false testimonies and all that, and then had Jesus condemned and re he was rejected him. He was of that group, that Hellenistic group of the Sadducees. Even though he was high priest, he was of that group. Take a look, do your own research. You're going to find out that I'm telling the truth. So he was the high priest, but he was a fake high priest. He wasn't the real deal, guys. This guy was horrible, okay? And also, uh, archaeology recently, they found a t the tomb of Caiaphas. It was this stone, to this tomb with his name engraved on it. And in his mouth were gold pieces and on his eyes, which was a very pagan thing to do. Not This was not Jewish. It was not the true believing Jewish way to be buried. It was, it was pagan. Very interesting, right? <laughs> All right, so that's kind of a lengthy introduction. I'm sorry, but we're going to get into Jesus the Great, right? Jesus the Great. It's not any man. It's not Herod the Great. It's not uh, Alexander the Great or anyone else in history, but it is Jesus, Yeshua the Great. And we're going to look at that in this episode right now. All right. Okay, so this is a picture right here. This is a picture of... Um, of Aaron, okay, of Aaron being uh, anointed and ordained by Moses as God commanded Moses to do. So, so Moses has his hands on Aaron's head. He puts the oil over him. The oil drips down Aaron's head, down his beard, and along his, the hem of his garment. Here he's wearing the high priest's garment, which is a really colorful, beautiful garment uh, that God had him wear, the high priest wear, because Aaron, we know Aaron was a sinner, okay? Remember, he made the golden calf, and he led the people to sin. Remember, Moses was up on the mountain getting the law. Joshua was actually up there with him, up on the mountain, and then they come down, and they hear all this this chanting and screaming, and 
Uh, it was just this crazy sinful thing going down on down below in the camp of Israel, where Aaron actually made an image of these Egyptian gods, this gold calf for them to worship. So Aaron was a sinner. He sinned like you and me. We're sinners. But he gets to wear this beautiful, colorful garment, like clothed in glory. He's, God has him clothed. You could read this in Exodus, clothed in this beautiful garment to show God's glory. Because as a Christian, I'm clothed in the righteousness of Jesus, Yeshua the Messiah. I'm clothed in his righteousness, not mine, because I don't have any righteousness. But he does, and I get to be clothed in his righteousness. So we're like an image of that as well. And so here you see this beautiful garment that Aaron's wearing, and you can see the, the other priests there with the red sashes and the white linen cloth that are inside that tabernacle. By the way, if you'd like to learn about the tabernacle where the high priest and the other priests would, would work, this the Aaronach priesthood, uh, you can look at my last episode on the tabernacle. It's very detailed, and you're going to see the Messiah in that as well, my friend. Okay, so that's a little shot of what that what it looks like so here we go now i'm going to talk about caiaphas again this phony high priest caiaphas okay so remember he was sad you see <laughs> well here we are this is the scene of what happened okay so jesus is near the he's at the end of his ministry he was a, he was arrested uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is the Garden of the Olive Trees, which are pressed in there. Jesus was also pressed, right? He was very stressed out. He was crying out to his Father, praying all night, sweating droplets of blood. So he understands pain, and, and he understands anxiety, my friend. So here, later, he was arrested. He was beaten and all these different things, and now he's before the whole council. So let's read it. So Mark chapter 14, verse 55. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus uh, to put him to death, but they found none. Isn't that awesome? They found none. He was faultless. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. So, and some of them stood up and bore faultless witnesses against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Remember, John explains to us that he was speaking, Jesus was speaking of his body as the temple. And I covered that in that last episode on the tabernacle, how it shows us Jesus. So you can look at that in more detail. And then in verse 59, yet even about this, their testimony did not agree. And that goes against the law of Moses. Remember, you had to have, uh, I think it was two or three or more uh, witnesses for there to be any allegation that would hold any uh, legitimacy, right? So... They were, this is like a kangaroo court. It was a horrible thing what they were doing to Jesus. And then Mark chapter 14, verse 60 says, And the high priest stood up in the midst and he asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is this that these men testify against you? And the footnote says, Or have no answer to what these men testify against you? Remember, their testimonies didn't even agree. So he's wrong right there already. But he remained silent. Jesus remained silent like Isaiah 53. He was silent like a lamb before his shears. He didn't open his mouth. 
but he remained silent and and made no answer against the high again the high priest asked him again are you the christ the son of the blessed well why would he even ask that if he was a hellenistic uh sadducee who didn't even believe in life after death or the spiritual world now the pharisees did by the way the pharisees did believe that there was a resurrection from the dead that there was a life afterward in heaven that there was a spiritual world and interestingly the bible does not show any convert who was a sadducee not one not one there's it may have happened but there's no testimony in the Bible of a Sadducee coming to believing in Jesus Christ and being saved. Now there were Pharisees who became believers and followers in Christ and were saved. It's just kind of an interesting side note, right? So Caiaphas, again the high priest said to him, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, and this is powerful, watch this. And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Wow. I am is powerful. Just He said, I am. And then he says, and you will see the Son of Man. And they knew what that meant because when Daniel described the Son of Man, they knew that meant the Messiah. And here it says in verse 63, And the high priest tore his clothes, he tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? Wow. So he rips the, his, his clothing in, in anger. And he says, What further witness do we need? And he says, You have heard us this blasphemy, he said. Now he's accusing Jesus of blasphemy because he was of the devil, my friend. His father Beelzebub, that's who he was. So Caiaphas says, you have heard his testimony. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. So poor Jesus was just, he was being beaten and falsely accused. And this was a horrible, horrible thing that was happening to our Messiah Jesus, the true Messiah. I find it very interesting when he said, I am and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. He will. He will see this and he will be trembling. Okay, because there is a resurrection. Everyone is going to live forever. You could live in torment forever or you can live in paradise forever with Jesus and the Father. It's your choice. And at the end of this, you'll have a choice to receive the Messiah Jesus, to be born again into new life. You make the choice, though. That'll be at the end of this episode. All right, so Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of the power. That's kind of like when Joseph, remember, who was a type of Christ. You can look at one of those episodes as well that I have in this series on Road to Emmaus. But, but Joseph told his brothers that they would bow down to him. Remember that? And they hated him. They couldn't speak peacefully to him. They hated him even more for his dreams. I see that in this too, you guys. And I'm sure you do too. So, so we're going to look at this next uh, scripture in Hebrews. Because Hebrews has this great uh, scripture about how the high priest is actually Jesus. And you can get into it more, but I'm just going to look at some of this with you. So Hebrews chapters 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, and then 13 all illustrate how Jesus 
was the true high priest and all the high priests before were just images and shadows of him. They were replicas of him, the true high priest. All right, so, because a high priest, what was a priest's job? He was the mediator between God and man. That was, he was the in-between, okay? Jesus is the mediator between the Father and the Holy Spirit for us, between God and and us, but he, he is God, so he brings us to a relationship with him, my friends. And that's what Hebrews says, shows you. So if you're Jewish and you're interested in this Messiah and the ex- explanation of it, you could read Hebrews and you're going to find out much about it because it is a good book for the Hebrews to read. That's why I believe it's called Hebrews. So Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17 says, Therefore he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Propitiation simply means his sacrifice, his blood was the wrath of God was satisfied because of his sacrifice, okay? Because he was the ultimate sacrifice. So he was laying down his life, and there was a need for there to be death, and he was the death that satisfied the wrath of God. That's what propitiation means. And then Hebrews chapter chapter 3, verse 1 says, Therefore, holy brothers, and the footnote says brothers and sisters, remember, He's speaking to both here. Um, You who share in the heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession. There it is again, Jesus being the high priest. And then chapter 4 says, Then we, okay, then, um, excuse me, since then we have a great high priest. He's the great high priest, Jesus the great who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. He's our anchor that goes beyond the veil into the holy place, it says in the scriptures. He were anchored into the holy place through Jesus for what he did. Remember when he died on the cross, the, the veil was ripped from top to bottom, giving us access into the holy of holies, relationship, communion with God himself. All right. And then in chapter 4, it says that, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. This is so good. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God, to offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. Remember, that sin was to atone. It was to cover, but it didn't really deal with the sin fully. It was to cover the sins of the people. And remember, he's the mediator. So, uh, chapter 5, verse 5 says, Also, so also Christ did not exalt himself to be made high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I've begotten you. The Father talking, God. This is an Old Testament scripture there. And then Hebrews chapter 5, verse 10 says, Being tr- uh, designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Remember, Melchizedek had no father or son. He had the bread and the wine with Abraham. Speaking of the communion, so good. So then chapter 6, where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There it is again, chapter 7. For it was indeed fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, innocent, unstained, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. He was the Lamb without blemish, the perfect Lamb of God. And then Hebrews chapter 8, now the 
the point in what we are saying is that this, we have a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty of heaven. So good. I love this. Where every high priest is appointed to offer gifts and sacrifices, thus it is necessary for this high priest also to have something to offer. And then chapter 9, but but into the second only the high priest goes, talking about that holy of holies, and he, but once a year, remember the Day of Atonement, he would go in once a year, and not without taking blood, the blood of the Lamb, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. He would sprinkle, the high priest would sprinkle a little bit of blood on that mercy seat on top of the ark, right, which was to remain empty. And then chapter 9 of Hebrews, For when Christ appeared as high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. So he's speaking of heaven. And then chapter 9, For it uh, for was it to offer himself repeatedly as high priest, there is again, enters the holy places every year with the blood not of his own, right? Remember, it was the blood of the Lamb. And then 13, for the bodies of those animals which blood it was brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin are burned inside of the camp. Wow. This all speaks of Jesus, you guys. So powerful. All right. So comment down below, you guys. Comment down below. If you're in Israel, I'd love to hear from you. I want to learn from you guys. Okay, so comment down below. Don't forget to like and subscribe so we can grow this channel together. And I'd love to hear your comments. Uh, please feel free to comment. Even if you disagree, comment down below. All right. Thank you, my friend. Okay, so this is the high priest garments. On the left there, you can see the whole ephod, which was a blue. So underneath of that, he, he wore the pure white linen which was to remain nice and clean. It was of cloth, not of wool, so they wouldn't sweat. And then you can see on his chest was the ephod, which is a gold piece which held the 12 precious stones of the names and tribes of Israel on them. And then on his shoulders there, you can see two more precious stones, these onyx stones, which had the, the 12 tribes of Israel on those as well. So... This is what the high priest wore. This blue would speak of heaven, the blue, pure sky of heaven, right? And he had a gold piece on his head there, the gold band, which said, holy unto the Lord. And remember, Aaron wore this. Even though Aaron was a sinner, he got to wear this, holy unto the Lord. But Jesus is the real deal. He is holy unto the Lord. And, and interestingly, this ephod, it says in Exodus that it would be over his heart, over his heart. The ephod carrying the 12 precious stones of Israel. You could see that Jesus, our great high priest, has Israel over his heart, my friend. So good. There's so much to this. Hey, by the way, by the way, you guys, I, uh, I've got these t-shirts and hoodies with this. Uh, I designed it actually where it says Jesus loves Israel because he does. Are the true Messiah Jesus. He loves Israel. And I want to do this to support uh, this channel and to also open the eyes of people that Jesus loves. He loves Israel. He loves you if you're in Israel. He's your true Messiah and he loves you. And he loves you personally as a person. If you're a Gentile, Jesus loves you too. Okay? 
So you can get this, uh, you can get a bumper sticker, you can get a sticker, you can get, I think, mugs and all that, but it's it's relatively cheap. I think the t-shirts are like uh, 19 something. The hoodies are about 33 bucks. They're pretty good quality, um, but it's just nice to get the word out. I've got a couple for, I've given away as gifts too, um, but it's just a way of supporting the Jewish people and especially Israel. Okay. So this is where, this is a great picture because this is Aaron, right? And he's in the white garments. He took the ephod, the, the, the clothing of glory. He took that off. It's off of him now. And now he's wearing the pure white linen and he has that golden bowl with the precious blood of the lamb, speaking of Jesus. And he sprinkles a little bit of it on that mercy seat, that pure solid gold lid of the ark. And he would do this once a year for this for the sins of Israel and for the people, and uh, it's very cool because watch, it's all an image of Jesus. It was all foretelling him. The two angels on the lid of the ark on that mercy seat. Here's a picture, and I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna enlarge this for you. Okay, this is the two angels on the place where Jesus's body lied. And in John, it says there was one where the foot was and one where the head of Christ was laying his body. But the body was gone. Just like the mercy seat, it was to remain empty. But there was probably a little bit of his blood sprinkled there, right? The perfect lamb of God. And here Mary Magdalene sees them. It's recorded in John. This is a great image of that. And uh, it's just really cool because this spoke of that it foretold that scene that real thing that happened of jesus being raised from the dead and you don't want to be a sad you see a sad you see like caiaphas who was a pagan actually we don't want or herod we don't want to be like him we want to be like joseph of Arimathea or nicodemus two prominent pharisees who believed in jesus they took care of his dead body they were believing jewish men true believers in the Messiah. My friend, hey, don't forget to like and subscribe down below and comment, please. And hit the little bell down there too because that'll give you alerts of all the new videos. Um, so my friend, if you're in Israel, if you're Jewish, maybe in America, or if you're just a non-believer, Gentile, anywhere in the world, if you don't know Jesus, you can believe in him as your Messiah right now. It's a simple prayer away. And just like Nicodemus, just like Joseph of Arimathea, two prominent Pharisees, they believed. They believed God. They believed Jesus was the Son of God. And they witnessed the whole thing. They, they saw that his body was gone. He was raised from the dead. And they believed him. And you can believe him too. He's a simple prayer away. All I have to do is repeat this prayer after me. You're praying to God. You you are praying to God, not me, to Adonai, to the Lord, okay? Just repeat this after me if you want to receive Christ and become a born-again Christian, a follower of Yeshua. Here you go. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I am sorry for my sin. I believe Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, I believe that he died on the cross and shed his blood for me. And I also believe that you raised him in three days and that he's alive today. 
I want to follow him as my Lord and my Savior. Please help me to do that from this day forward. Thank you, Jesus. It is in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Congratulations, my friend. You are now a believer, a newly minted child of God. You can look up to the Father now, to God, and you could say, Abba, Abba, Father, because you have a close relationship with him now. You've entered in where that veil was torn into, into the holy place, into his presence, and he resides in you and you in him. As Jesus said, abide in me, abode, and he lives in you now. Hey, my friend, God bless you. Don't forget to uh, comment down below if you have any questions or anything. I'll, I'll look at those and answer them. God bless you, my friend, and God bless his kingdom coming to this world and Jerusalem soon, I believe. George Crabb.